BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Icing and Glitter, which is a blog, Instagram page, and YouTube channel. You guys are going to have to excuse my voice today because I'm down with a super gnarly cold. For me, the worst part about being sick is the stress of being behind on work. Last week, I had to cancel a podcast interviews and a few meetings, and it was the absolute worst. But I do have a little trick up my sleeve to deal with anxiety. I use Array's Calm Alchemy Capsules, which are an all-natural blend of herbs, minerals, and vitamins, which are honestly like nature's Xanax. Plus, it's totally filler-free. I can't recommend it enough. Listeners of the Dream Bigger podcast get 10% off Array products by entering the code DREAMBIGGER at checkout. So I've talked about this before, but before starting this podcast, I came up with a bucket list of people I wanted to interview. It was like this list I came up with before I even thought that a podcast would really be possible, you know? So every time I tick someone off that original list, it feels like a huge achievement. One of the people on that list is today's guest, Renee Rouleau. Renee is a celebrity skincare expert who I've been following for years. You might know her because Demi Lovato talks about her a whole lot. And if you've ever taken a second to look at Demi Lovato's flawless, glowing skin, you'll know that Renee knows what she's doing. She also has a blog, which is an encyclopedia on all things skincare. And I won't even get started on her skincare line because it's pure magic. Anyway, Renee lives in Austin, but I managed to catch her on a recent trip to New York. You guys, I couldn't believe it when I saw her in person. She looks like she's in her 30s, but she's actually 50. Go look at her Instagram page and you'll be shocked. <laughs> Today's episode is packed with all things skincare. I learned so much that I've had to re-listen to the interview just to take notes. So with that, let's welcome Renee Rouleau to the Dream Bigger podcast. Okay, Renee. So first things first, tell me about your background. How did you get into the world of skincare? Thank you. Um, my, I was introduced to beauty at a young age because my grandmother was a hairstylist yeah. and so she owned her own hair salon. And as a child, I grew up playing with like her hair nets and rollers. And so that's when I first got exposed to beauty. And I just always remember the one thing that really, um, that I witnessed was seeing how people would go into her salon and they might be having um, a bad day or something and they would leave kind of transformed and smiling and I really saw early on how much um, beauty was kind of uh, really tied into moods and self-esteem and that sort of thing it was really impactful for me you're not the first person to actually talk about that because other people in like skincare and beauty have spoken about how like just seeing the reaction that people have and like just that self-esteem booster and that's Absolutely. like their motivator yeah and as a matter of fact um uh, throughout the years of my career I've worked um with women that have been affected by domestic violence and so I've on numerous occasions I've gone to shelters where I've actually done um mini facials and did makeup for uh for women and that was super transformational um, because one is it teaches people to learn to trust um, touch again. So sometimes like I'll go to like touch a woman and she'll jump because she's used to someone touching her in a negative way. And so giving people an opportunity to learn to trust touch again and you're doing it in a loving way is just I mean, super transformational. So women that are really, you know, they just got to the shelter. They don't have, they just have the clothes on their back. They drag their kids in there. I mean, they have nothing. And because they just had to escape their situation and to be able to provide services for them and um, put a smile on their face when they're so 
down and out on their luck is, I mean, incredibly, um, I mean, I loved being a part of that sort of situation. So, oh my gosh, yeah. I got goosebumps. Yeah. That's insane that like you were able to partake in an experience like that. Like, yeah. I mean, it's very impactful. Yeah. And then I've worked a lot also with cancer patients. So like women oh. that are going through chemotherapy and then I would do little mini facials at their hospital and do makeup. And, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's so much more skincare is so much, you know, skin is more than skin deep and it really is transformational. And at the end of the day, when you, when you look good, you feel good. And so I always feel like, um, certainly as an esthetician, giving someone a facial, I mean, you're, um, giving them the loving touch. A lot of people aren't touched, you know, they don't have somebody in their life that they can hug or whatever. And so, the power of touch is, you know, really healing in a lot of ways. I love that. So take me back a little bit before you started your business, like how, like you initially, I guess you got your start just from like a, your background, like your family, but yeah. then like, how did you develop that into a career? Like what was that process like? Yeah. So when, um, when I was, um, getting close to graduating from high school, I knew that, um, college wasn't the right path for me. Um, and it was my mother who said, Renee, you've always been into beauty. And so, cause when I was in the fifth grade, I was the first girl to wear makeup and at I'd go to sleepovers at friend's house and I'd bring my makeup and do everyone's makeup. And I mean, I just was always into it. And so, um, that when she suggested that I just said, yeah, this is perfect for me. So that was 30 years ago. So I've been an esthetician for 30 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, and one of the best. Oh, you're sweet. But yeah, it's, you know, it's all I've ever know known. It's all I've ever done. So, I mean, I've had my only other job was babysitting, um, in high school, um, and then in high school or junior high or whatever. And then in high school, I worked at a pharmacy and, um, and got a discount on all the beauty products yeah. working there. <laughs> so it was like, I was a total beauty junkie. And then for the first summer before I went to school to become an esthetician, I worked as a receptionist at like a psychiatrist office or something, but, um, and that was just for like a summer or something. So, I mean, I've never done anything else. It's all I've done, but I love it. And I feel like there's so much in this industry that it's you know and each person is unique so it's not like you're doing the same thing every day and it's to me it's always about detective work trying to solve people's problems and really get to the bottom of it so I mean I'm never bored after 30 years I still find it so fascinating and there's still so much to learn yeah I love it so tell me about your nine skin type philosophy because like for me and like I mean so many others like we were just taught like oily, like, you know, dry or combination. Like how did you come up with nine different skin types and what are they? Yeah. So, um, when I became, when I first became an esthetician, I learned about the Fitzpatrick skin type. So in the world of kind of skincare and dermatology, there's something called the Fitzpatrick skin type. And it was Dr. Thomas Fitzpatrick and he created, um, skin types based on skin tones. So instead of like light, medium, dark or something like that, he came up with a scale of, I think it's five. I should, I should remember this, but, um, uh, Fitzpatrick type one, Fitzpatrick type two, all the way up to five. And it's, it's still used a lot, um, but it's more used for people's tone and dermatologists and um, cosmetic surgeons and things before they're doing laser treatments. Yeah, like yeah. Like they kind of, oh, this laser can't be used on a Fitzpatrick 4 or 5 because it could create more pigment. So I had always learned, I would always known about that type of skin typing, but that didn't really relate necessarily to what I did. And so, um, and I actually knew that doctor as well. Um, but when I started practicing as, as an esthetician, I just learned really quickly, you know, that most skincare lines were just catered to dry, normal, and oily. And at the end of the facial, I'd, you know, have a line of products to sell. And it was like, okay, well, they're dry, normal, and, and oily, you know, but then they have rosacea, and then they have breakouts. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do here? And so um, uh, a couple years later, when I started my skincare company, um, I came up with the n nine skin types, and they're very specific. And uh, to this day, I've had the nine skin types for like 22 years or something. And to this day, there's rarely a time that I'm like, oh, I don't, I didn't get it right. Like I, I just literally nailed it. And I had already, by the time I had come up with the nine skin types, it was, um, I'd already been about six years into my career working, you know, working hands on. And so I knew a lot about skin. Um, but essentially, um, people take the skin type quiz at ReneeRillo.com and, then it will put a customized routine together and we have 50 skincare products. So naturally 
you know, not every product's going to be for every skin type, but people really identify with it because people do have a lot of things going on. So, but companies still cater to dry, normal, and oily. Companies still cater to, you know, they'll say a product is one size fits all. And I just, I don't agree with any of that. I love that. I think it's, it's so unique and there's, yeah, like definitely something completely different from what anyone is doing, which is awesome. Can you just tell what someone's skin type is by looking at them? Yes. Really? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I have to ask, um, like if I look at your skin, yeah. I can predict probably what skin type you are. What, but then, what, what, what would I be? I know, right? <laughs> um, I would probably, well, I'd probably have to ask a couple questions, yeah. but, but generally you're probably a skin type too. Um, but I'd have to but you look a little sensitive, so I, I kind of have to drill into a couple things. But the questions I, I normally ask are like, <clears throat> tell me about your sensitivity. And because that's a big one, we have certain skin types that are for sensitive skin, but everyone's definition of sensitive is something different. So, like, most people think they have sensitive skin. So, I'll say, like, oh, like, tell me about your sensitivity. Why do you think you're sensitive? And they'll say, oh, well, if I use a, a cleanser that's too strong, it will dry me out. Well, that's not really sensitive. It just means you're, I mean, anybody will get dried out if they're using a product that's too harsh. So, totally. So sensitivity is more like, do products sting easily? Do you get skin rashes? Does your skin stay red for longer periods of time than, you know, like what's considered normal? And, um, but so sometimes like, and then like how oily you feel like you get and kind of what your main concerns are. But, um, I mean, I'm happy to ask you those questions or we can wait till the end or something and I can put you in a skin type. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm going to take your quiz and yeah. everything, but yeah, you, you can ask me those questions. I want to know what my skin type is from the pro herself. Yeah. <laughs> so your method is obviously super popular and you work with celebrities specifically Demi Lovato. So how did that come along? So I started my skincare company in Dallas. Now I'm based in Austin, um, but I started as having a skincare spa in Dallas where we did skincare services and then eventually opened up a second location. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and Demi lived in Dallas. And so she started coming to see me for facials and this is back 10 years ago. Um, and then she eventually moved out to LA. And so she was like, can you come see me there? So I said, sure. So then I worked out of a hotel room and then I would see her there. And then, um, now I do house calls for her, but, um, so spending time in LA, then I, you know, word started getting out that I was there. Demi was sending me some people. I had a couple other clients. And um, so now I go to L.A. about once a month and I take a, just a handful of clients. So I, I don't open up my books really to any new appointments just because I'm not there very often. Um, but Demi's been, you know, my loyal client for 10 years. We've come a long way and um, she uses all my skincare products and I've you know, held her hand for 10 years, guiding her to a skincare routine. You know, her skin has changed, and so we're always customizing it, and so she just really trusts me to take care of her skin. Her I skin looks fantastic. I have to say, it's, like, beautiful. Yeah, I remember, I think it was, like, a couple of years ago, she posted, like, a selfie of herself with, like, no makeup. I was, like, her skin, yeah. like, yeah. it is beautiful. But here's the thing, like, what's so interesting about people is, you know, Demi just was always into it. Like, she... You know, some like from a young age. So like, and she didn't. And what was interesting about her is, she, you know, she didn't really have any problem skin when she was younger. So when people are a teenager, like I have a blog post called, "If you if you've had acne, consider yourself lucky." And basically, I wrote this because people who have had acne as a teenager, they were kind of forced to have to take care of their skin because, like, you know, they you know because they you know they just had to if they wanted to keep their skin clear, and so. What happens there is eventually, you know, for most people, breakouts eventually go away. You grow out of it. But those skincare habits are already there. So in the end, people who have, have had a history of acne typically have the best skin because they've had those habits that are just, they would never sleep with their makeup on and they're always caring for their skin. In the case of Demi, um, you know, I started with her when she was like 16 and she didn't have any problem skins, but she, problem with, with her skin, but she was just really into it. So like we've joked and she's like, um, she would love to be an esthetician. I'm like, well, you know, if your career doesn't work out, I'm like, you can come be my assistant. Um, but so <laughs> she just was always into it. And I think that's going to pay off down the road. And it certainly has because she's just as very diligent about it. You know, where a lot of people, a lot of teenagers, and again, if they don't have problems with their skin, they don't think twice about it until maybe they're in their mid twenties or late twenties. And then they're like, well, I'm seeing wrinkles now. I need to do something. But she's like, just always been diligent. So it makes her a great client because you know, like it's hard to, 
I can't help someone if they can't kind of do their own thing at home. Yeah, totally. I can't come and wash their face for them at three o'clock in the morning, you know? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Like it's one of those things that like, I, like I learned at a young age as well that I can never go to sleep with my makeup on. Like I remember I'd get like little pimples when I was in high school and like, that's when I started and I've just always been so diligent, just like built since then. Yeah, no, it's great. And and your skin is beautiful. Thank you. You've got great skin. Yeah. So it like, it's, yeah, I feel like those habits, I mean, you retain them and that's what gets you through. Absolutely. What's her favorite product? Demi's favorite product is probably my Hydro Boost Rescue Cream, um, just because that's a moisturizer she uses every single night. Um, and then probably the cleanser, which is the AHA BHA Blemish Control Cleanser. Those kind of are her two staples because she uses them all the time. But then she uses serum. She uses Rapid Response Detox Mask, Triple Berry Smoothing Peel. She's posted tons of pictures on social <clears throat> with her with the peel on because it's red and it looks crazy. And Tell um, me about the peel because, guys, I'm looking at it. It smells insane. Yes. So good. Tell me what is so special about it. Yeah. So, first of all, um, we don't use any synthetic fragrances or synthetic dyes. So, that color is the natural color of the product. It's kind of like a dark raspberry color. And it's then um, the scent is different fruit purees. And but then it has five exfoliating acids in it. So it has antioxidants, but also five different acids in it. And so it's like a total skin texture resurfacer. So Demi will use this like that, you know, the night before she's making a, an appearance somewhere. So it's gentle enough. A lot of people get kind of scared, like, oh, it's a peel. And they think of like Sarah Jessica Parker when she was on like Sex in the City and had a peel or something. I'm like, no, 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 this is like super mild. Like you can use it before your wedding, you know, two nights before your wedding. Um, but it basically just removes all the surface dryness and really just gives like a smooth as glass texture to the skin. I love it. Why? Once a week. Once a week. Okay. And do you like, you recommend this for all skin types then? Um, actually I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, if somebody has a lot of rosacea or if their barrier is compromised, it's probably a little too strong for them. But the nice thing is, is it has salicylic acid in it. So that can help with acne, but then has, you know, um, all the other acids that are just good for smoothing and everybody can use smoothing who doesn't want smooth skin that looks like glass like everyone wants that of course (laughs) okay so since we just touched on the topic of acne what is the best way to prevent a breakout so the mistake that people make is they're very reactive when they have breakouts it's more just about like oh my gosh I have a blemish now I have to dry it up and kind of do something um but really we always want to get ahead of it which is why you say prevention um so the best way to prevent breakouts is to create an environment in the skin where less breakouts are happening. And the way you do that mainly is to create an environment where there's less bacteria on the skin. So there's less of a breeding ground for bacteria to start in the first place. And the qu- question is, how do you do that? Well, um, I have a couple products in my line, like the rapid response detox mask. We also have the rapid response detox cleanser and toner, but they're non-drying and they're basically, um, they have a um, an antibacterial kill rate of five minutes. So like when you put the mask on within five minutes, all surface bacteria is eliminated from the skin. It uses, um, uh, the complex that it uses called Lima, which is an Australian, um, Australian tea tree with Manuka honey. And, um, that's been proven to, um, yeah, to have that kill rate of five minutes, but then it has salicylic acid in it, which is an oil soluble acid that actually helps to penetrate the ingredients into the pores. So where bacteria forms within the pores. Um, so something like that mask is a great way. Um, people can use it after the peel. They can use it at night as a, like a five minute post cleanse mask. And it's a great way to kind of get ahead of breakouts to prevent them from ideally appearing in the first place. I love it. It's, it's a, yeah, I mean, they sound like excellent, yes. you know, breakout fighters before it even yeah. appears. And, and they don't dry out the skin. You know what? I think that this is like, it's such a myth that like people completely dry out their entire face when they have a pimple. And I think it's just so bad for the rest of your skin. Well, yeah, because if you're, I mean, you want to spot treat and dry out a blemish, but if, if the rest of your face doesn't have any of that going on, then you're treating the entire face for breakouts when there's no other breakouts present. And that can actually... Um, cause more breakouts because overproduction well yeah you dehydrate the skin you create dead skin cell buildup then the skin recognizes it's been dehydrated so it tries to pump out more oil and then you have more oil trying to come through the pore but then it can't get out because you have dead skin cells on top so you end up getting that's kind of why people like get post-breakout travel because when they're dehydrated on an airplane increase oil dead cells on the surface and then that's why a lot of people get breakouts. So 
always post-flight, um, and we have a rapid response detox kit that has it in it, but post-flight, I always do the triple berry smoothing peel followed by the ra rapid response detox mask, and mainly that just totally resets the skin. Do you do both, like, one after the other? Yeah, yeah. you do it as a two-step treatment. So smart. That's actually, like, such a good travel tip, and, yeah. like, I feel like definitely, I mean, I'm, like, always, like, misting my face when I'm on the plane because I'm, like, uh, Worst mistake. Worst what? Yeah. Really? No, no, no. Oh, my gosh. How come? Good. Well... So what happens is I have a blog post about um, showing how dehydrating it is on the airplane. And mainly what I did was I took a T-shirt and I poured some water on the T-shirt and I, I put it in front of my airplane seat and or on the seat in front of me and I let it kind of... Um, it kind of dangled both sides, could get dry easily, and I timed how long it took for this water spot to dry. I then got to my Austin home. I did the exact same thing with the same amount of water and timed that. And basically on the airplane, I forget exactly what it is, but I want to say it was something like 37 minutes to dry on the airplane. At home, it was like two hours and 15 minutes. And so the point is, is that the airplane is really dry. And so through a process called osmosis, it's the dry air will look for water wherever it can get it. And so it robs it from your skin. So what happens is, is when you miss the skin, water is like, um, water um, acts like a magnet and it, tra it attracts water. And so when you miss the skin, that water is then pulling it from the deeper layers, layers of the skin and then it's going to go into the driest area, which is the air. Wow. So basically you're, you're dehydrating even more. Oh my gosh. So what can you do on a plane? Like hyaluronic acid, does that help at so, all? So people, I mean, obviously like on IG, you know, everyone's showing like their in-flight routine and I don't do anything on a plane because the reason is, is, you know, t dehydration is a temporary condition so like you're kind of fighting a losing battle by doing all these things on the airplane I mean I mean yes it can help but it's like it's also just kind of a hassle right like people are like sitting in the seat with a sheet mask on their face I mean it's just like it's just not ideal so but but dehydration is a temporary condition so rather than trying to fight the elements when you're there post-flight get off the plane when you get to your hotel reset your skin by doing peel, which then will exfoliate any surface dryness that happened, and then hydrate with like the rapid response detox mask. It's super hydrating, has lots of humectants in it, plus the antimicrobial effects, but then it just totally resets and hydrates the skin. So it, once you do that two-step, you're all back to normal again. So it's really more important what you do when you get off the plane than trying to kind of mess with it when you're on the plane. The most important thing you want to do on the plane is wearing sunscreen because you're closer to the um, to the sun, assuming you're flying during the day, and then also booking a window seat so that you can have control over the shade and you don't have that skin glaring, you know, that UV glaring on your face. Such good tips. Like, I, I'm going to listen to this episode again so I can take <laughs> notes. Oh, my gosh. So smart. Okay. So before we get off the topic of acne altogether, because I'm like, travel skin care, um, what does someone do to treat acne scars? So when you talk about acne scars, you're talking about post-breakout discolored marks or actual indents in the skin? No, not indents. Okay, just discoloration. Like discoloration, yeah. <clears throat> so, so the first thing is you need to know how to treat a blemish to try to make the scar less, right? That's the first thing that you need to focus on. The goal of any blemish is, one, to make it go away as fast as possible, of course, but two, and more importantly, almost than making the blemish go away fast, is how to prevent the least amount of scarring. Because the reality is, when you get a breakout, you know, for most people, let's just say it's seven days, five days, whatever it is, that's not very long. But the discoloration from the trauma that happened could be up to two months, right? So that's really what the focus needs to be is okay, oh my gosh, I just woke up with a blemish. How can I care for this in the best way? Because this thing is going to, you can kind of have control over how much it's going to scar and not scar. So I created a solution for that, which is this, uh, this zip care kit. And what's important to know is that, um, what's important to know is that every blemish has a life cycle from the minute you start to feel something come up to when you have a discolored mark at the end. Um, there's a whole life cycle to that. And so I came up with this kit. It has four different blemish products and it follows the whole life cycle of the blemish. So the goal is to make it go away as fast as possible, spot treating with the right treatment at the right time, and then also dealing with the aftermath of the, of the scarring. 
So what people do is they buy this kit and on the back, it has step-by-step instructions, exactly what to do. So I tell people, the minute you get a blemish, don't do anything, read these instructions and it will hold your hand the entire way through the blemish process and make it go away fast with the least amount of scarring. But specifically for the scarring is, well, and, and the idea here is that the longer that you have that infection in the skin, so if it's a cyst, it kind of hangs out for a while, but it's a big bump, your body eventually re, re, uh, reabsorbs that infection, or if it comes to the surface into a whitehead, but either way, the longer that that infection is in there as a bump, it damages the surrounding uh, skin tissue, which, which sets off a response for um, creating pigment and discoloration. So the goal, and that's why there's different products to address this, the goal is to get that cyst to go back down faster so that you don't have that lump sitting there that's gonna create scarring, or to get the whitehead to come up and out quicker and release it from the skin. This skincare kit has a, um, a lancet in it, a tiny little needle, because there's a point that you wanna release that infection because the longer it sits in there, the more scarring you're, you're gonna get. Um, so that's kind of the whole concept of we wanna make a blemish go away quickly, but that uh, has the post-breakout fading gel, which is for when you have the scar at the end. So what are the specific ingredients, do you think, that are like the superstars? Yeah, mainly it's exfoliating acids because whenever you have, and it has some brightening agents as well, but mainly it's exfoliating acids that help to break apart the discoloration so that damaged cells can hit the road and you have non-scarred, fresher cells coming to the surface. So something like this is really revolutionary because like I said, it holds your hand through the whole process so that your blemishes can become much less eventful. But then also sunscreen is really important too because when you have a post-breakout mark, it means those pigment cells are awake and alive and any UV light that gets on those pigment cells keeps that pigment active. And so people don't ever think of sunscreen as being like a product to help with blemish scars, but it is. So people really need to kind of stay out of UV light and wear, wear a sunscreen as well. Wow. And at what point can you like, I guess, take it out, like with the needle? So Does the, it tell you? Yeah. So it tells you, because the main thing, the biggest mistake people make with blemishes is the minute they get it, they start to dry it out. They'll take whatever spot treatment they have and they'll dry it out. And people will think it's working, but what happens is when you put on a drying spot treatment and you dry out the skin, it creates, instead of translucent cells, it creates opaque cells. So they're almost like, like, you know, like, I mean, they're like not see-through. So it makes it look like the blemish went away faster because it's almost covering it up because this, the cells, you can't see through the cells. So it makes it look like the like, oh yeah, my blemish is getting better. Well, it's because it's almost like concealer putting over it, but it's still red and it's still sore and it's still under there. But, the, but then the problem is, is that when you dry out the skin, if it wants to come to a whitehead, this whitehead is going, uh, hello, I'm trying to come up and out here, but now I can't get out because you've got all this dryness on the surface. So the key is, to use the anti-bump solution, which is in there, which is a non-drying treatment. Keep spot treating, spot treating, spot treating. Um, it's not gonna dry out the skin, but it can help it become less eventful. But at the point when it does come to the surface, you wanna release that infection using the Lancet, and then you wanna try and dry it out once you've released that. But you basically don't wanna dry out the skin because that's creating a trap door for that whitehead to be released. And the longer that that whitehead and that infection is in there, the more it's going to set off a response for pigmentation. So essentially you dry it out once, once it's you've removed it. Got yes. it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh and my again, gosh. This is like all step by step and we'll tell you exactly what to do, but this is what people need to invest in because I mean, acne scarring is huge, you know, like when people, I mean, for months. And it's the, one and of the biggest concerns that women have absolutely. and people in general, absolutely. actually. Yeah. And then of course, you know, not picking at it because that will make it worse. Um, but I've, I, I would say the number one conversation I have with clients through the years is kind of what I've been telling you is like teaching people how to care for their blemishes the right way because everybody just gets it wrong and it's lasting longer and more scarring. So I have a blog post called how to get rid of a blemish fast. And basically it will talk about all of this information that I just talked about. Oh my gosh. That is uh, like the drying thing, especially like, I don't think that people know that like they just sure. think to first just dry, just dry it, it and yeah, like that is, it comes up. Yeah. Wow. Really, really, really interesting. Yeah. And, and, and this is what I always tell people like as much as I want to make you never break out again, I can't make that happen because acne is a, you know, a, a skin disease for which there is no cure. We can c control it, but it's, you know, I mean, trust me, if there was a hundred percent cure for acne, none of us would ever have. Totally. Skin. The problem is, is that every strain of bacteria is different. Every skin is different. People respond to different things. Um, but 
So we can't always control you from never getting a breakout again. But what we do have control of is, okay, a blemish just appeared. How can we best handle it? So I like, I like to give people the tools to empower them to have control over how, how long their blemish will last and how much scarring they will have or how little scarring ideally. I love that. Okay. Next question then is blackheads. Like people have issues with blackheads. How do you get rid of them? How do you treat them? So it's not easy. Everybody has blackheads, first of all. So people that are oilier, they'll have more because their pores are more enlarged. People who are drier, who have small pores, they'll have less and therefore they're less noticeable. But mainly what blackheads are is oil in the pore that oxidized on the surface and turned dark. So if, if, if you actually extract a blackhead from the pore and you look at it closely, it looks like it's like kind of a light like a whitish color, but then just on the tip, it's dark. So it's basically oxidized oil. So the purpose of an antioxidant, right? We all know what an antioxidant is. It's trying to prevent oxidation. So a vitamin C serum is actually really good for blackheads because it prevents the, it, it helps prevent it from turning black. Um, but once it's already turned dark, I mean, it's not really black. It's kind of like a grayish color. Um, but once it's already turned, you kind of, it's harder to turn it back. So you need to extract the pores, whether it's DIY and I have a blog post about how to do your own manual extractions at home for blackheads, or you go to a professional esthetician and have them remove them. But then it's after that you use like a good exfol exfoliating salicylic acid serum. You use a vitamin C serum because eventually the pores will fill back up again, but the vitamin C serum will kind of prevent it from oxidizing as quickly. So, but generally speaking, um, I mean, blackheads are kind of the bane of everyone's existence. They always come back because those pores fill up again. Um, but long-term use of a retinol or prescription retinoids can help with blackheads and then regular use of exfoliating acid serums as well. Yeah, I mean, people like speak about the benefits of retinol like crazy. Yeah, like it's it does everything. I feel for sure. So since we're already talking about retinol, um, I'm like I I love to find out specifics about skincare ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so, what are three active ingredients that you recommend people should be using? Yes. So my three favorite ingredients, one is salicylic acid because it's an oil soluble acid, um, meaning it can penetrate the deepest in the pore. And since I do a lot with acne and adult acne, that's kind of my go-to. Um, I love lactic acid and sal I mean, uh, mandelic and glycolic. I love those acids as well, but they just don't, they're, they sit on the surface and they have their place as well. But, um, salicylic is just the best because it, it affects the pores, which eventually um, also helps prevent clogged pores and bumps and prevents breakouts. So salicylic acid is definitely one of my favorites. Um, the next is is retinol because it's a cell communicating ingredient. So it really talks to your skin and helps to um, send a signal to create new collagen, um, which makes the skin thicker and plumper. It also is good for retexturizing. So it definitely long-term can help shrink your pores. It makes... Um, um, fine lines look better. Um, it affects gene expression. There's so many years of research with it. Um, as a matter of fact, real quick story. Um, when I mentioned earlier about the Fitzpatrick skin types, um, Dr. Fitzpatrick, when I first met him, he showed me his hand and what happened was prescription retin-A, um, was originally, um, so that was like kind of the original of the, of the retinoids. Um, he, it used to be FDA approved for acne long before it was ever used for wrinkles. And so he would treat one hand. Um, he basically, he would say to his acne patients, okay, I'm going to give you this, um, uh, this prescription and you're going to just use a tiny bit. Let me show, show you how to use it. And so he would demonstrate on the back of his hand, use a pea size amount, rub it in, go to sleep, whatever, use it every night. And a couple years later, he noticed that one of his hands looked so much younger. Um, wow. And because he had been treating it. And so he was, um, so he used, he's since passed away, but he was the chief of dermatology at Mass General Hospital. And I used to live up in Boston at the time, and that's how I knew him. But so every time I would see him, I'd say, show me your hands. And he would show me the back of his hands. And because he continued to use it, and because he was part of case studies and the research, and one hand looked significantly younger. And then that's when they realized that it actually had an anti aging collagen, a boost. boost uh, boosting effect and so he was instrumental in getting an FDA approved around 1990 um, I think around 94 or something is when it officially passed the FDA and I remember all of this when all of this happened because I knew him but so I saw firsthand like 
how his hands were transformed. So it was fascinating. Wow. Um, so yeah, so it definitely works and it's everybody should be using, you know, m- it, most people. So he, the interesting thing is retinol, which is the non-prescription, it really doesn't help with acne. So like people are always like, oh, it's a one-stop shop. It's wrinkles and acne, but retinol doesn't. Prescription retinoids really help acne, but they only have help a very specific type of acne. So that's the challenge is it's kind of given to everyone with acne, but it doesn't work for all What kind of acne, of acne specifically does um, it work for? <clears throat> more like um, closed comedones, like whiteheads and bumps. So it doesn't help with like pustular acne, like infection, whiteheads, um, <sighs> cystic acne doesn't help with any of that. Like more infection-based acne. It's more just people that get like clogged bumps because it it's like an, uh, um, they create too many... Um, what's called keratinized skin they have too much dead skin cells building up so it basically helps to get rid of all that to help the clogging so it's more for for bumps and um, retinol like the non-prescription retinol is more for like more fine for, lines and yeah, stuff okay yeah it's, it's just not gonna f- help acne so got it okay and so then it's kind of a myth yeah and then the third one um the third one is vitamin c there's certainly many different types of vitamin c but my favorite is the tetrahexyl decyl ascorbate which is a stable um uh, it's a stable form of vitamin C, so it's non-sting. So versus like ascorbic acid, it will sting the skin. Most people use exfoliating acids and retinols and things like that, and that makes their barrier a little more sensitive. And so specifically for people that are using those types of active ingredients, they're better off using a no-sting form of vitamin C um, because it doesn't have the high acid content that can disrupt the barrier even more. And so this particular um, type of vitamin C, it also um, (coughs) remains in the epidermis longer, so it has like longer lasting benefits. It doesn't, like regular um, ascorbic acid penetrates really fast and it's uh, water soluble and it just oxidizes really fast, which is why like when you see them in bottles, a lot of times they they have them in a darker bottle because they turn brown after a while. And so this particular type of vitamin C doesn't do that. Um, But but basically it's also really good for brightening and pigmentation and post-breakup marks and things like that. So the vitamin C, like the type of vitamin C you're recommending, is that part of your line or do you recommend? Yeah, Yeah. so um, I have a product called vitamin C and E treatment, which is one of our best sellers. But it's really good for people who have sensitivity to acids, but also people with pigmentation it works really well for. Wow. Oh my gosh, for the wealth of knowledge, because like for me, all I've really known is L-ascorbic acid and I I haven't even heard of this type of vitamin C. Yeah, there's also magnesium ascorbyl phosphate. That's another popular one. But these are the the lipid soluble ones. Um, They're more the oil soluble ones. What's the difference? Like if someone is putting it on their skin, like oil soluble as opposed to water soluble. So um, the water soluble, it will just evaporate. It will, water penetrates much faster than oil. So it's super fast acting. So you'll get like this hit of it. Um, but then it oxidizes really quickly. So it's like it's like a quick hit where um, the lipid forms are a slower release, a slower delivery, but they're longer lasting in the skin. And the truth of the matter is, is during the day you want it to be longer lasting because you're out in the environment and UV light is penetrating through windows and things like that. So um, it's just, it lasts longer. So does it come in oil form then? Uh, no, uh, this particular product, it's a, Mine's a cream, but, okay, okay. but yes, it is more of an oil. And do you use it as a serum still? Yeah, like, yeah, okay. still serum. Yeah, but it feels like a lotion. I mean, okay. it's, yeah, so it's not a water-based one. Like a lot of the serums are, they're like drippy water. Yeah, like yeah. Dropper. So this is more of like a Like something more texture. substantial yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. interesting. So if someone wants to prevent fine lines and wrinkles, what do you recommend for them? I guess we touched on retinol. Are there any yeah, other so, specific things? Yeah, I mean, the, the three things are sunscreen, um, vitamin, well, four things, sunscreen, vitamin C, and then at night, retinol and acids. So, um, and then peptide-type serums as well help kind of with a greater good as well. What are peptide-type serums? Getting specific. Yeah, 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 yeah. So peptides basically are... Um, sending a signal to help increase collagen. I mean, that's kind of the simplest way of doing it, but they're good for firming and strengthening the skin. They're really good used in eye creams as well because that area has so much wear and tear from squinting and rubbing and the skin is really thick. So it's good for kind of thickening and and creating kind of a firming structure under the skin. Um, And, uh, but so wrinkle prevention is, you know, I mean, probably the, the biggest thing is just like always taking care of your skin, right? Like 
we're always looking for a magic ingredient. And yes, all of those ingredients I touched on um, or type of products are all kind of helpful. But I think just the people who I've seen that just really have taken care of their skin through the years and just are mindful will always have less wrinkles. And they also like, it's interesting, they've done a lot of um, studies on identical twins as well. So, you know, identical twins, they look exactly the same, but at 60, they don't look exactly the same. And so they've really discovered how much um, lifestyle has a huge factor in that. So a lot of times people count on the fact that like, oh, my grandmother has beautiful skin and therefore I'll have beautiful skin. But they really show that only 20% um, is due to genetics and then 80% is up to you. And so that's promising because it shows that you actually can, you know, have a say in the matter of what your skin looks like. So I just think, you know, long-term people who just have always been mindful of their skin, have always cared for it, always their skin's going to look better and have less wrinkles. But then, of course, adding in all those types of products is going to make a big difference as well. Love it. It's, I mean, it's, a, yeah, it's it's so true. Like, you have to do your homework in order to get the results, yeah. I feel, you know? Yeah, you have to put, I mean, it's anything in life. If you put energy in into anything, you'll get a result. Yeah. So. And it doesn't have to be, like, a lot of times people think skincare is really complicated. Like, oh, my gosh, it's a part-time job. But, I mean... I don't know, like cleanse, tone, serum, moisturizer. I mean, I don't know, minute and a half, two minutes or something like that. I mean, it doesn't have to take a long time. Yeah, you just have to be like yeah, you just diligent about yeah. it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's so true. Um, I wanted to ask you about milia because I feel like a lot of people use rich eye creams mm -hmm. and it's said to have sometimes cause milia. It could. So if, like, could you first explain what milia is and what you can do to treat it? Yeah, so milia, it's interesting I think, I think milia is probably a genetic situation. So I think, because somebody, one person could use really heavy eye cream and never have a problem, right. and somebody else has a problem. So I think, I mentioned earlier something called keratinized skin, but there's certain skin types where people um, get, like their cell turnover, their skin doesn't shed as quickly. Right. So like think of like keratosis polaris, people that get those bumps on their back of the arms, like those little red bumps, and the skin feels rough and dry. People can also get it on the face. But that's an example of people's skin that just doesn't shed. So I think milia, people with milia, that's kind of the same thing where their natural exfoliation process is just slower. And then for whatever reason, oil glands get blocked and they get these little white bumps under the eyes. Um, but yes, I think that eye creams could probably play into that. Um, I know um, a lot of smokers can get that as well. And I know a lot of it's because I, I have to, I'd have to go back and look at my blog, but something about when you blow smoke, people are blowing it up near their eyes. And so I think that can um, create dead cells and kind of um, maybe cause that around the eyes. But the main thing is once you get one of those white bumps, you have to get it removed and you have to have it done by a professional because they're really hard to, to get rid of. So go see a dermatologist and they can use a lancet or a needle and remove that. Great tip. I mean, uh, hopefully it's like an easy fix if, if you want to go get the process done, yeah. but just not at home, I guess. We, we actually, um, we have a product called Overnight Eye Serum. Um, this is one of the mistakes that people make when it comes to the eye areas. They just use eye cream. Yeah. So I'm going to make you, yeah, perfect. Like that, lower <laughs> yeah. the mic. Okay. Um, people use, they just use eye cream. They're, it's all about moisturization and you um, you don't want to just hydrate because if you have dryness around the eyes, which a lot of people do, then you're trying to rehydrate dead dry cells, which makes no sense. So you want to exfoliate around the eyes, um, which can also help with milia because it helps to stimulate cell turnover. So one of the products is called Overnight Eye Serum, and it's a under eye exfoliator. So there's really no other companies that make that, but I saw a need for people need to exfoliate around the eyes, but they need to do it in a gentle way. And so about twice a week, you put a thin layer of this eye serum on and put your eye cream on over it. And mainly it dissolves and digests dryness around the eyes so that one, your eye cream works better because now you're hydrating those new cells. And then two, it's going to make it look smoother because anytime you're dry around the eyes, it's going to look crepier. Wow. I love that. Okay. So what are a few common skincare mistakes you see people making? One is not wearing makeup. And I know this one kind of comes as a, as a surprise, but you know, my goal as an esthetician is to make everyone not feel like they have to wear makeup, right? Like if they have acne, people have to wear makeup because they, you know, they want to cover things up. And so people come to me and they're like, I don't want to have to be chained to my makeup and I want to have it where I, you know, don't feel like I have to cover 
uh, my skin with makeup. And I definitely understand that. But the nice thing about makeup is that it gives additional UV protection. So I like to think of makeup as, because most makeup, whether it's a foundation, a liquid foundation, or a powder, it has titanium dioxide in it. Titanium dioxide is a sunscreen ingredient. Even if the powder or the foundation doesn't say it has SPF on it, it just means that the company decided not to um, get it tested to be an FDA approved sunscreen, but titanium dioxide is still a proven sunscreen ingredient. So I always recommend that people wear some sort of makeup, but it's an insurance policy to make sure their skin is staying protected from the sun. So again, whether it's dusting on a light powder or wearing a liquid foundation, I mean, obviously you want to use one for your skin type because liquid foundations are kind of notorious for clogging the pores for people who are prone to that. So you have to be careful there, but um, people really need to think of makeup as their friend and in a way to protect his skin from UV light. So that's one. Uh, two is not wearing sunscreen on the neck. Um, so most people, they'll, if they're good about wearing sunscreen every day, they'll put it on their face and then just whatever is kind of left over on their fingertips, they'll carry onto the neck. And sunscreen is way more about how much you use than, uh, than it is about the number. So um, because like a 50 compared to 30 is like, like um, less than 1% more protection, um, but it's all about you have to use it generously on the skin. So when you're treating the face, you put one layer, one generous layer all over the face, then you do a second application to the neck and, and treat that just like the face and do its own application. And the thing is, you know, necks, like they just get neck-glected. And, um, <laughs> but it's one of those things that when you get older, you're like, wow, I didn't really pay that much attention to my neck. And so people, if they can start younger, it's going um, to pay off if they can really be good about putting sunscreen on the neck because that area gets a lot of UV exposure. Would it just be your face face sunscreen that you... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just basically do two applications, one to the face and one to the neck. And, um, and if you're wearing like, you know, a blouse or a V-neck or something, try to get the chest as well. So any area that's going to be seeing light is what you want to protect. And then the third is, and we certainly touched on this, but treating blemishes incorrectly. You know, people really have to understand that a blemish is a wound and there's a certain way to handle it to make it go away fast with the least amount of uh, discoloration. Oh my gosh. Uh, the, the neck thing, I feel like everyone needs to yeah. do well, it also immediately. Also with the neck too is that, is that there's no support structure on the neck. And what I mean by that is, like it's all just going to go south because like on the face you have cheekbones that kind of create like a, a way for the skin to like being supported yeah, by uh, the neck. There's like, it's nothing. just all gravity and just goes south and there's nothing to hold the neck together uh, or hold that skin up. And so really caring for that early on is going to make a big difference. But the main thing is just wearing sunscreen. Yeah. Also, I feel like it's one of the places where age shows the quickest. So yeah. you should yeah, be diligent no about it. There's structure there. Yeah. 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 So guys, go get your sunscreen for your neck. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So last question. I know you share like out of the box skincare tips and I was wondering if, I, if you could share a couple. Yeah. So, um, well, one we touched on, which is always getting a window seat so you can close the shade. And like once in a while, like I travel almost every week and sometimes I'm not booking flights until literally 12 hours before I'm about to fly. And so sometimes I have to get a middle seat or whatever. And then it's always like, excuse me, sir, would you mind? <laughs> and so I'll usually kind of go, oh, I have a headache and that light is, you know, or I'll come up with, you know, it's, it's hurting my head or something. But it's just like, I hate when I get a middle seat. But I mean, but you know, you're on a four hour flight and there's all that light coming in. I mean, and, and it's, um, um, you know, it's well known that pilots have a lot of skin cancer because they're sitting in front of those huge windows. I've, I went and my brother used to be a pilot, but when I'm on airplanes, sometimes I'll go talk to them and, and they're all like, oh yeah, I've had a couple spots frozen off from my face already. And so, I mean, they're, you know, you're closer to the sun and there's a lot more UV light that you're exposed to. So, and, and that's the, and the thing with sunscreen too is, Sunscreen doesn't protect 100%. You know, I think it's something like 98% or something like that. But um, anyway, so definitely getting a window seat and closing the shade. Um, another is um, um, every night I hang my head upside down for two minutes a night. And so what happens with the skin is um, circulation slows down with age. And so people... Um, 
the skin tends to look more sallow as we get older, but there's basically less oxygen pumping through to the skin. Um, you we lose capillaries as we get older, so there's less blood flow coming to the skin, and blood flow is what brings nutrients to the skin. It's like feeding the skin. And so um, by hanging my head upside down, it just flushes my face and brings all that blood to my face, and so it just helps to keep a good glow because it's boosting blood and oxygen oh my gosh I'm definitely doing that so you just hang it off your bed yeah, so just kind of hang over the side of your bed you can just be looking at your phone or whatever and just kind of hang upside down for like two minutes now if somebody has like rosacea and they have a lot of redness in their skin I wouldn't do that because they already have all that blood going through their face but but yeah for your skin it would, per- it would be perfect because you don't have a lot of redness I mean I'm gonna do that tonight yeah. uh, every night from now on yeah. <laughs> um any other out-of-the-box things um so like um, in the morning, so I've, I live in a, live in Austin, Texas. I have a really modern house. I have tons of windows everywhere. It's, I basically live in a fishbowl, like it's all glass. <laughs> and um, so the first thing in the morning when I wake up, I will just, I have some like Revlon powder or something. It doesn't have an SPF number in it, but it's cheap and easy. Um, but I'll dust that the minute I get up. And so, cause you know, I'll, I'm not ready to kind of get my shower yet the minute I wake up. And so, but I know that all that UV light's coming in the window. So I'll just dust on powder and that will instantly protect my skin. And then when I shower, I'll go and do my regular routine. So just for, so, you know, if somebody has a dog and they're going to take their dog out in the morning or something, but you know, they're still in their like slippers practically just dust on powder and and it will protect your skin. Well, I mean, guys, her skin looks amazing. So, like, it works. (laughs) Okay, so thank you so much for being here. Before we wrap, tell everyone where they can find you. So, social media, website, all that stuff. Yeah, so go to ReneeRouleau.com. We are a direct-to-consumer line. Um, I own 100% of my company, so I'm a girl boss, and I have not... I have full control and say in the matter of my company, but uh, we are a direct-to-consumer company, so we've been selling online um, since 1999, and we ship all over the world, and it's free shipping for uh, U.S. uh, residents. It's free shipping uh, with a $100 purchase, and we also do a free shipping promo for U.K. and Canada as well. Um, Oh, yeah, Canada, hello. So, yeah, it's free (laughs) shipping, I think, with a $150 U.S. uh, US dollar purchase. Amazing. spend. but uh, so we're not in retailers um but people can take the skin type quiz it's free and it will put you into one of the skin types and it will recommend products for you um i also have a blog that's at reneerolo.com as well it's really 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 good like it is my favorite skincare resource like and i genuinely mean that thank you i've been blogging for 10 years and um and but then on social i have my own personal account which is at renee rollo so my personal account i'm you know it's just my life and just travels and adventure and um yeah just kind of behind the scenes of my world um and then the company page um both on facebook and instagram is renee rollo skincare so we talk obviously it's much more about the skincare conversation there amazing thank you so much thank you this is wonderful wait Do you want to receive a short email from me with exclusive content every week? Sign up to the Icing and Glitter newsletter and I'll send you my top five skincare secrets along with a weekly email with bite-sized tips and tricks, giveaways, recipes, and so much more. I'll leave the details in the show notes.